What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of College Hockey Talk. I'm your host, Matt. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And on today's podcast, we have a very special guest, former RIT women's hockey player, Mallory Rushton. It was a great conversation I had with her. We talk about her experience with RIT and her experience with the NWHL. So an overall great conversation. However, before we get to her interview, I'd just like to ask if you can please follow our social media accounts on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at College Hockey Talk. Also follow our Spotify page and subscribe to our Apple Podcast page and leave a rating and review. Doing these things helps our podcast grow, helps new people find us, and I would really appreciate it if you did those things. Let's not waste any more time. Here is the interview with Mallory. Enjoy, everyone. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I'm joined by former RIT women's hockey player, Mallory Rushton. Welcome to the podcast, Mallory, and how's everything going? Um, everything is going good. Thanks for asking. No problem. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Now, what have you been up to recently, and how have you handled the pandemic so far since it's almost been a year since it started? Um, my year's been kind of crazy. Um Probably about this time last year, the NWHL season um, was scheduled to be postponed. Um, we had just played a couple of playoffs games and we actually had lost against Minnesota. So this time last year, I was packing up my bags and leaving the country to head back home in Nova Scotia, um, where I was pretty much in lockdown until I came back here in October for our season that happened this year. And then... Uh, um, in Lake Placid, we faced some struggles with COVID-19 in the NWHL, and so our season is postponed again. So um, it's definitely had its ups and downs during the pandemic with hockey. Yeah, definitely. It seems crazy to me that it's almost been a year since this whole thing started. I can remember being in school and getting the phone call that I was going to be out for two weeks, and then obviously it turned out to be more than two weeks. Uh, but speaking of the bubble that you're just in, uh, what was that like, uh, that whole experience? I know it ended in an unexpected way, but what did you take from it? Um, for the few short days that we were there, um, I think we might have been there for like five days. It was honestly like probably one of my favorite hockey experiences. Um, leading up to the bubble alone too, like just like because you knew that you're going to squeeze in all your games in two weeks, um, like practices were more intense, it felt like, and everyone was just like so excited to get to the bubble. Um, and then once we got there, it was just like everything was like so structured. Like we were in our rooms, our meals were delivered. We went to the rink this time to play. Um, and even just the rink alone, like it was kind of cool, like having everyone you know, has their own locker room and we're all together as one group. Um, and the NWHL did it right, really. Like, you know, we had lots of fan faces, so it didn't really feel like the rink was empty um, and the broadcasts were good. So the few short days we were there, I, I, I couldn't say I, I, I loved my time there. Yeah, definitely. Was it weird not playing in front of any fans? And was that an adjustment for yourself? Um, yeah, it was weird, but um, – I didn't think I was going to like it, but I kind of, I felt like less pressure almost, which is so weird because usually I pretend that the stands, like there's no one in the stands anyways, but when there's actually not fans there, like it just, it feels like a little more relaxed almost, but it's interesting because you don't have the energy from the crowd. Um, and that's kind of like, I guess everyone's adjusting to that, like not having, not feeling energy after a goal from the crowd. Um, but it was kind of a good experience because then you have to find energy within your team. Um, and 
I just think that that's, I know it's really good. I think that's why our team was doing so well was because, you know, we had the energy within their team and it made the difference for us. Yeah, definitely. I know watching some of the games uh, as a fan, it's definitely weird not having a crowd there, but I think there is some aspects of it that I like, especially since you get to hear some of the things that go on in the ice that you normally won't hear during an actual game. So I definitely agree with you that there is some positive to take away without any fans. Now, did you face any challenges being in the bubble and how did you try to overcome some of those challenges or was there any challenges you faced preparing for this season since it was kind of shortened? Um, I think that preparing for this season, there was some challenges just with COVID again, like um, our lifestyles changed, you know, we were going to the rink and getting tested twice a week, um, sometimes three times a week. Um, and it's weird, like, you know that you haven't been anywhere or you haven't been exposed, but you're still going to the rink with, like, that nervous feeling in your stomach, like, is my test, what's my test going to be today? You know, even though two days ago you might have tested negative. Um, so I think, like, mentally, there's that was kind of a challenge. I think for everyone that's in hockey right now, you know, just, like, even if you know that you probably you don't have it or if you already had it, it's just that uncertainty of, like, you just never know what's going to happen. Um but once we got to the bubble, I mean, you you knew you got there and whatever. But um, I think the biggest challenge was that we were all in our own rooms individually. And there was no, like, group hangouts or, you know, like that team social time that you traditionally get. Um, and even just jumping into our season, like, there was no team bonding this year off the ice. Like, there's just none of that team building exercise that t traditionally you do because of COVID. Um, so that kind of makes it tough. Like, you don't know, everyone is quick. Um, and, but you get to know each other on the ice, but just not off the ice. And I think that a lot of people struggled with maybe just like being alone for a lot of the time in the bubble. Um, although it was short for us. Um, it's interesting being in a hotel room by yourself. Did you experience any loneliness and how'd you do with it? Because I know during this pandemic, that's something I've been struggling with not being in school in campus. So I haven't really met anyone at my college. Actually, I don't really know anyone at my college. So I've definitely been feeling some sort of loneliness. Did you have that experience when you were in the bubble? I didn't necessarily feel loneliness, but I felt like, like boredom in the sense of like, you know, like if I'm bored now, I would like try and go for a walk or exercise or, and realistically, like we weren't really supposed to be doing that. We were allowed to go for walks around the hotel, but, um, it's not the same, I guess, kind of. And you almost didn't want to do that because you were like, I shouldn't really be leaving my room, even though you were allowed to go outside for a walk. Um, but yeah, but I was lucky because I was FaceTiming my family and I was FaceTiming, we were FaceTiming within our team, even though it was across the hall. Um, but I couldn't imagine doing it without having, I guess, like social media and social networking. Um, that would definitely be really tough because I feel like my phone, I, I FaceTime and call people more now than I ever have. Yeah, definitely. And when the season ended, uh, what's your mindset now since the season has ended? And what was your reaction to when your season got cut short? Because I saw all the players' reactions and it seemed like it, it hit you guys pretty tough. Um, yeah, it was just, uh, it was like hard to understand what was going on because it happened so quick. Um, and obviously our safety was put first, but it's just like that thing where you're like, we just did all this work. What's going to happen next? You know, like, I think that a lot of players were more like upset and frustrated, but like, okay, we're going to build on this and we're going to come back better. But um, I think it's just the uncertainty of like, are we still going to have a season? You know, like I'm sure we might. Right. So 
for all of us, like we're still working out, we might not be practicing as a team, but I'm just like keeping in the mindset of like, stay active, stay busy. And um, this, I'm hoping for the season's going to return. Now, what is different about the pro game versus the college game? Since I know you graduated college a couple of years ago, has, has there been any difference you noticed between the two styles of play? Um, I think like uh, decision-making. Um, I know a lot of people say like from high school to college or juniors to college, like the speed is quicker and you have to make your decisions quicker. But I find like there's, um, there's less, there's less of those immature mistakes in the professional game. Um, so that makes a difference because, you know, those traditional mistakes maybe you made when you were in college, you're not making now. And if you do make them now, you're going to be exposed. Um, but I, de- I think that the game is more mature now. You know, there's some girls in our team that have played five years professionally against some of the best players um, from all over, and that makes a difference. Um, so I think that the game's just more mature. Yeah, and uh, besides hockey, is there anything else you've done that's been interesting uh, during your quarantine ex- experience so far this past year? Um, I spent a lot more time outside. Um, but I also spent the longest time at home in this past year than I have since grade nine. Um, usually I only come home in the summertime for about two months. Um, and the rest of the time I was either at boarding school or college. Um, so I would only spend about two months at home every summer. And I got to come home last year, the beginning of, well, end of February. And I was home until October. Um, so I love spending time with my family and, um, I usually don't get that time or if I do, it's very limited. It's just like on holidays or breaks. So it was kind of nice to just be at home and like, not just lugging a suitcase around, you know, it was just nice to settle in and be there for a while and be present with my family. Now in Nova Scotia, is there any cool like hikes or trails that you can do down there? Um, yeah, there's some cool ones in Cape Breton and the Cabot trail. Um, but I, I'm fortunate. I live right on the water. So um it's great like you can get out and kayak you can get out and boat sea do like there's lots of things to do um so yeah that's awesome that's cool to be in a spot where there's a lot of outdoor activities you can do to kind of pass the time especially during a time like this where we really can't do many things socially or with large groups of people yeah now i want to start off talking about the beginning of your hockey career like i just mentioned you're from nova scotia talk about growing up there what was that like and how did you start playing hockey um growing up there was a bit different there wasn't obviously a lot of opportunities for females back when I started there's definitely more now um although it's been like a short period of time I'm only 24 but the game um the games are really developed for females um so basically I started skating on um just like little frozen puddles in my backyard um and on the pond with my dad and brother and um I was always going to my brother's rink, um, going to the rink with my brother, you know, the same as a lot of other girls. And then you, you know, you make your parents put you in it and you shine and you love it and it becomes your life. Um, So I grew up playing boys hockey in Nova Scotia, which is a different experience and in its own. Um, We didn't have a lot of teams. And so there was a lot of traveling. Um, I spent a lot of time on the road with my mom and my dad. So um, when I went away to boarding school, it definitely, um, I had separation anxiety from them. Um, but yeah, I was lucky that I grew up playing boys hockey. It definitely changed my game and it probably made me a better skater and player. Um, and then I was fortunate enough to go to boarding school after that. Yeah. And who was your favorite player growing up? Um, 
when I was little, I was, uh, I played for like up until probably, um, Adam, I was playing goalie and forward. So I actually, Patrick Waugh was my favorite goalie, which I don't know. And then, um, I had a couple other favorite players and then obviously Sidney Cross because he's from Nova Scotia. Um, and then just all the Olympians really, like I, I loved team Canada and I just idolized every player on the team. Um, and it was hard to choose one. Was it cool when Crosby got that overtime goal in the Olympics back in 2010? And what did Nova Scotia do to celebrate that accomplishment? Yeah, I remember um, I was driving. I just had a tournament and my team had just won it. And I was driving with my mom in the car um, and we were listening on the, we were listening on the radio, the play by play. And like, I still remember that moment when he scored that goal. Um, And Nova Scotia is always so proud of everything that, um, he's done for our province and minor hockey and yeah. Yeah, I definitely have a much different memory of that goal. I was watching it as a U.S. fan, as an eight-year-old, and it was definitely tough seeing that, since, especially since Ryan Miller played such a great uh, tournament that season. Yeah. So, but, you know, I was happy for Crosby and, you know, we'll win it uh, in 2022. That's my hope. <laughs> now, uh, before IT, you were just mentioning how you played, you went to boarding school at the New Hampton School. Uh, how did you get the opportunity to go there? Um, I spent a lot of time growing up, um, in the summer times I was playing at showcases and like doing hockey camps at Andrews hockey growth in Prince Edward Island. Um, and I spent every summer pretty much there either working hockey camps, teaching them and playing in them. Um, so I actually went to, um, uh, it's called Atlantic challenge cup. It's in October was with Tino Scotia. I went there for my U 12 year, I think, or U 14 year. And um, Craig Churchill happened to be there. And at the time, he had just switched to New Hampton from Brewster. Um, and so I was considering going to Brewster, and which is like New Hampton's rival. And then I ended up um, meeting Craig. We also call him Church at um, ACC. And um, as soon as I met him and as soon as I stepped on campus, I knew that I wanted to go to boarding school. And even when I was younger, I knew that, you know, ho- boys hockey would only go so long for me. And then it was going to be time for something else. Um, and there wasn't a lot of girls hockey teams in my area. So boarding school was kind of like my goal and dream. Now you were mentioning some of the challenges you faced going to boarding school. One of those things was separation anxiety. How did you try to handle the challenge of being away from home for a long period of time at such a young age? Yeah. So I knew I wanted to go to boarding school before I actually had decided to go. Um, and I'll never forget the day my parents dropped me off. I was so excited and I was like pushing them out the door. I was like, okay, I'm ready. Like, see you guys at Christmas. Um, and (laughs) I remember like three weeks and I was like, why did I do this? Um, and basically, I mean, I, I didn't really know anyone the first couple of weeks, um, and we weren't playing hockey yet. So as soon as things got rolling and I got to meet people and, you know, I made friends, it was like, I didn't miss home at all, but it just that first like three weeks, you know, on campus, you're like kind of uneasy. I mean, you're in grade nine, you're living away from home in a different country. Your mom's not cooking for you. Like she's not doing your laundry anymore. Um, it was just like little adjustments like that, that actually made me miss home. Um, and that I was so thankful that my parents took care of me the way they did. Um, but yeah, I just think as soon as I got into playing, I played soccer in the fall, as soon as I got into playing sports and practicing and I made friends and, um, everything went just smooth from there. Now, was there any adjustment you had to make playing boys hockey to girls hockey once you went to New Hampton? Because the games are a bit different when you watch them and I'm assuming when you play them as well. 
Yeah. Um, I was always kind of small. Well, I still am small. Um, but when, at the time when I was playing, when I finished up my last season of Bantam boys hockey, um, like there was a lot of contact, which was fine for me at that age. But then when I went to girls, I kind of appreciated that there wasn't any contact. Um, because like, I felt like I was more prepared for situations. Um, and, but yeah, there was, um, I thought some people say that there's like a disconnect socially when you play boys hockey and then you go to girls hockey, but I never, that didn't bother me at all. Like I, I grew up playing spring hockey with the girls. So, um, I kind of did a bit of both. Yeah, I'm always curious about the adjustment because from my hockey experience, I never played with any girls. So it's always interesting to me to see how you adjust uh, from the two uh, sports. Now, uh, talk about your experience with the New Hampton School and what was your favorite memory there? Um, I think my favorite memory was when our team won the Cushing Tournament when I was a junior. Um, <laughs> we just we we went four and zero in the tournament, and not too often do you ever go four and zero in a tournament, um, especially in prep school. Um, so that was definitely my favorite memory. Um, but I loved boarding school because you, the you meet people and you still talk to them. Like I'm probably going to talk to everyone. I'm like for the rest of my life. I still feel so connected to New Hampton School, and that's what it was all about. I I really felt that when I got there. Um, I was nervous, like I said, but then it's like a family away from home. Like I, you just feel so welcome there and everyone feels appreciated. And like, you're in an environment where there's no room to look backwards. Like you're always going forward, moving forward and you're getting better in everything you do, whether it's a sport you never played before your varsity sport that you've played your whole life, or even just your academics. Um, boarding school makes you a well-rounded person and it prepares you for life. And um, I can't thank New Hampton school enough and my coaches from high school um, I would not be, I probably wouldn't have played college hockey if it wasn't for them. And I wouldn't understand how important it is to do other things than just hockey. Now, how did the New Hampton school help prepare you for college hockey specifically? Um, just like the season wise, because it's, you know, like you usually play, um, in youth hockey or growing up in club hockey. I mean, you could play anywhere from like 50 to 60 games a season, right? Just like back to back, back to back games. And at New Hampton, like, you're playing 30 games the same as you would in college in the same sort of season style. Um, you travel to your games, sometimes day games, or you go on hotel road trips. You know, it's kind of the same style. Like it prepares you that way. Um, but there's definitely a difference in play from boarding school to college, but it kind of prepares you in other ways. Yeah, and talk about your recruiting process and why did you choose to go to RIT? Um, my recruiting process started kind of, uh, slow because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do um, and then I kind of half thought that maybe I would go back to Canada to play um, but I remember I was in Canada games my senior year um, and Matt Woodard who was our assistant coach at the time um, had called me after one of my games and then um, the next day I was talking to Scott McDonald and the ball got rolling from there. And then within a week I was like, I want to come visit. And I went for my visit and that was it. As soon as I walked into the rink, met the coaching staff, I was like, this is the place for me. Um, and it was. 
Yeah, and uh, was there any adjustment you had to make to college hockey? I know you were talking about earlier making the adjustment from college hockey to pro hockey, but was there any adjustment that you had to make from junior hockey to college hockey? Like, was it the speed of the game or was it the mental side of the game, making quick decisions with the puck, or was it also the physicality of the game since you're going against players that are four or five years older than you were as a freshman? Yeah, I think it's all three of those. Like, you had to be – you had to make quicker decisions. People were faster and stronger than they were in high school. Um, and I mean, it's like the, every team you played against, like everyone was just good. You know, when you're in call, when you're in club playing club hockey or junior hockey or prep school hockey, like, you know, there's sometimes there's come some players that aren't as strong. Um, it's not like that there's depth in college hockey. And that definitely is the difference, um, along with the speed and decision-making. Yeah, in college hockey, every player was the best player on their junior team, and now they're all on the same team, and it's definitely an adjustment to find your role as well. Did you have to adjust to find your role on RIT when you were a freshman and sophomore? Um, yeah, um, I had an interesting experience because um, I knew how to play defense, but as a freshman, I got put into other situations where um, we had people injured, so I had to play defense. Um so like my role kind of changed because before I was like in all like an offensive forward and then I was playing defense and forward and sometimes defense and forward in the same game. Um, so my role kind of became more of like a utility versatile player um, rather than just a forward. And then it kind of just stuck with me. And now it's like everywhere I go, that's kind of like who I am. Um, but the same as co- college and pro hockey, I think that um, confidence was something that you know, when you make the jump the first year, you're a little bit nervous. And I think that's how I was last year um, with the Riveters too. But after you get one year under your belt, you get a little more confident. Yeah. And being a versatile player, like you were mentioning, how did you try to adjust to those different um, situations that you were put in as a freshman? And was it a tough adjustment? And was there challenges that you had to face doing that, especially being a forward in prep school and then going to play defense in college hockey, going against some of the best forwards in the world? Um, I just rolled with it. I tried to think too much about it. I remember the first time when he was like, yeah, uh, Mally, might need you to play defense today. I was like, really actually? Um, and yeah, he was like, yeah, you're playing defense today. Um, but I mean, like, there's just like, that's what happens. And like, even when I was like nervous that I might make mistakes, it's like, everyone's going to make a mistake. Um, and you just move on from it. But yeah, I actually really like playing forward and defense. Like I like both and it's odd, but um, yeah, I just, I, my coach believed in me and I just did it. Now, what was it like to play in the CHA and just to talk about the competition you had to face every night and was there any difference from the competition you played in the CHA versus other conferences you faced when you played non-conference games? Um, yeah, it was different every year um, throughout like being a freshman to being a senior, the teams that we played. Um, the only thing about the CHA is that you're playing the same teams quite often. Um, so like, you know, it's, it's interesting though, cause you play them all the time, but you know, you might win and then you might lose and you might lose and lose and lose and lose. Um, but I think, um, it just depends on what teams you're playing. Like it's, it's hard. It changes every year to year. Um, so I don't know. The only thing is, is that, yeah, I wish the CHA had more teams. Yeah, definitely. And playing those teams on a consistent basis, was there any rivalries that built up? And just talk about the intensity that built up uh, with those teams as the season went along. Yeah, I mean, every team was a bit different, but I felt like whenever we played Syracuse, since we were only like an hour away, like it was always a big thing. Like we wanted to beat Syracuse. We wanted to beat Syracuse. Um, And 
I don't know. I just felt like, yeah, there's quite a few rivals. Um, but it's hard because you're almost rivals with everyone because there's only six teams. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I always find that the one thing about the NHL this year, since they're playing such few teams, those rivalries are definitely going to build up. And watching the Bruins and Rangers games just a few days ago, you could see some of the rivalry build up when Trent yeah. Frederick had that big fight against Lemieux. So I was wondering if that was similar with your college hockey experience with the CHA since you're playing such fewer teams. Yeah. Now, how did you balance both academics and hockey at such a high level? I'm always curious about that because that's an adjustment that some players have to make as well. Yeah, um, it's interesting. Um, I started, I mean, when I was in boarding school, I kind of had like a, a similar experience. So I was kind of prepared where I had like a set schedule. Um, but I mean, just maintaining like a balanced life, like you know what you need. Um, you know that you need sleep and that you know, you shouldn't be staying up super late to study if you have practice to and school the next day. Um, so kind of just like maintaining a life balance of what's important and um, not procrastinating. I think that's like the biggest thing I tell people all the time, like don't wait to the last minute to do things. Um, because when you wait the last minute to do things, you're, you're um, taking away from something else. Like you're staying up late and doing homework or you're going to be tired the next day for practice or whatever it is. Um, I think just, you just got to like maintain a balance and um, you got to plan your week. You can't just go through the motions. Yeah, definitely. That's something I've had to adjust to in my first year of college, uh, not procrastinating and having better time management skills. And it's a little bit different online versus in person. Yeah. There's definitely a disadvantage to it. it online. I don't know if you experienced uh, some of that disadvantage of not being at work online versus uh, in person. Yeah, there's like a disconnect. Yeah, definitely. It's there. And the one thing that I hate about Zoom is the breakout rooms. I don't know if you've experienced it, but it can get pretty awkward and like no yeah. one talks. And that's like, you don't and, get that in a face-to-face classroom. Yeah. And yeah. And you can, you can, it's interesting, you know, on Zoom, like, yes, you can see the person you're talking to them, but it's still like, you know, you still don't feel like you don't, I don't know. There's like something missing. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, you know, with, I think that since the internet's a bit different, maybe like you can, you hear someone's response like five seconds later than you normally Yeah, there's would. like a delay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's something I've had to adjust to and hopefully by the end of this year, things will change and be back to normal. But, you know, I'm just trying to control what I control right now when it comes to my Zoom experience. Yeah. Now in your first year with RIT, you lost to Penn State in the CHA playoffs. Uh, what did you take away from your first uh, college hockey playoff experience? um that life will go on (laughs) um as a freshman it's hard because you are trying to understand what it's like to be a senior and that be your last game but you're also like okay I can't dwell on this because now I have to get ready for next season um so just basically like life goes on and you got to move on from it um but it's a sad it's it's emotional because that team that group that's in that locker room will never be together ever again and a more positive note, though, in your sophomore year, you got revenge against Penn State, eliminating them in the playoffs. Uh, talk about that game. What do you remember from it? And what was the emotions that you were feeling that night, especially since they eliminated you the previous year? Yeah, um, that. so going into that night, I remember, like, our mindset was, you know, they ended our season last year. Like, we need to end theirs now. Um, so the emotions were high. And after the game, like, I remember everyone was so, so excited. Like, we eliminate Penn State. You know, we were – seated as the underdog again um so yeah it was awesome now what was it like playing at the gene paul cine center and just being a player in that rank because uh, i think it's a much newer rank than some of the other rinks in college hockey yeah super nice facility um 
yeah, I loved playing home games. There was just nothing better than coming to our rink and like, just like being in our locker room and then like just the rink in general, it had everything. Um, and it's really nice just playing in a new rink. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And I think that definitely helps with the recruiting too, because it gets new players to see the facility and it just makes them better players and people as well. Yeah. The interesting thing in RIT though, is like the old rink Ritter is like, there's so much character that has been in that building and the rink itself is still really cool and it has so much character and it's traditional like wooden bleachers. It's really, really cool. Um, so it's interesting that we have two great campuses on rink when some college teams, you know, they're struggling to have one nice arena. Yeah, definitely. And uh, did you get to play any games at Ritter or was it only at the Gene? Yeah, we Center? played one game, a throwback game at Ritter. It was um, the score didn't come out the way you wanted to, but um it was an awesome game. Like the rink was packed. It felt so, it, it just was so, there's so much energy in the building. It kind of gave you that like old school hockey feeling. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's cool. I always love those wooden rinks because I, I'm kind of a hockey historian. I love watching old games and looking at what older players did and how they approached the game. And it's cool being in that setting that they were in. Now, in, you got to play in the Windjammer Classic at Vermont, which is another wooden stadium. Uh, talk about that experience. What was it like for you playing teams that you normally don't play during the regular season and being in an in-season tournament as well? Yeah, um, I le- it was awesome being in an in-season tournament because that was like the first time we did that. Um, so it kind of brings you back to when you're younger and you're like in a tournament in a hotel and it was over Thanksgiving weekend so or week. Um, so, yeah, it was it was awesome. It was great to play other teams too because that year – I mean, we had um, up to leading up to that, we had played limited teams outside our conference. So it was cool playing um, Vermont and um, Coolgate. And then, yeah, it was cool. And what was it like being in Vermont? Did you do anything fun? I've never been to Vermont, uh, to be honest with you, but everyone says that's like the best. Uh, Burlington's such a cool place to go. Yeah, it is really cool. I had been there once before. Um, and then I had been to other places in Vermont with uh, my high school hockey team, but no, we didn't really get to do much. It was snowing. It was like, it was like a snowstorm kind of, um, and it was a holiday weekend. So nothing was really open. Oh, that sucks. But hey, maybe one day you'll get to go and experience it because I've never been there before, but everyone says I should go for like a series when Vermont uh, plays like a team that I, I like to watch. Now, in your senior year, you were named assistant captain of the team. Uh, what was it like being in that leadership role? And were you more of a vocal or lead by example type player? Um, my junior year, I felt I was more like a lead by example. And then my senior year, a little bit more vocal. But um, it was it was tough being a leader sometimes uh, on a team that we weren't, we weren't the most successful team. Um, but we had a great group of people um, in the locker room, which was awesome. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. It was a different, it was an experience I hadn't really had before. Sometimes, you know, you were put in situations where, um, you know, you had to speak up because we weren't playing our best or whatever it was. Um, so it puts you in those positions that you probably haven't been in before, but, um, we had a great team. Um, I loved, I loved, uh, my teammates at RIT, so they made it easy for me. Yeah, did you learn anything about yourself as a player in that leadership role, especially since you were mentioning earlier that you're more of a versatile player? So did you use any of the experiences you had as a freshman and sophomore to help teach the younger players on that team that year? Yeah, just about like roles, like, you know, be ready for anything. Um, and like if you have an opportunity to play in a position or a role that you're not usually in, 
um, just like go with it and just be opening to learning um, and thriving in that role really, because that role might be your forever role. Um, you don't really know. So if you get the opportunity to have a role change up or to get moved into another position in the lineup, um, take advantage of it. Yeah, definitely. And talking to some other college hockey players who have been in that leadership role, they said it's hard trying to balance kind of being a new leadership role because you don't want to change yourself as a player, but you also yeah. need to know when to speak up as well. And it's kind of hard to balance it because you don't want to be like a bossy type of leader, but you also need to help uh, the team uh, be in situations that they should be in during uh, the season. Yeah, that's definitely true. Now, you're mentioning how you had some struggles during uh, your senior year. Um, how did you try to bring positivity in the room when you're going through those struggles? Um, I think just walking in the locker room every day, um, it's it's pretty much your body language. Like, if you're walking in the locker room half asleep um, for practice, like, you know, we're going to be asleep at practice. Um, so just, like, showing up ready to go, um, you know, saying hi to everyone, make sure they're ready to go. Um, it's just the energy that you bring. It's how you just show up to the rink. Um, if you show up and you're in good spirits and everything's um, going good for you, um, and if it's going bad for you, you leave it at the door and you come in that locker room and this is your family and these are your friends and teammates and you make the most of the day. Now, your team improved a lot from your junior to your senior year, going from four wins to 12 wins. What was the main reason for that improvement and what role did you play in that? Um... That's a hard question. Um, I think that our team, not that we came together like closer, I think that on the ice we started using each other a bit more, um, but we were like still, you know, keeping that in the back of our head that we only had, you know, even the players who didn't play on the team three years ago, we all knew, you know, that we hadn't been winning. Um, so just like that was our motivation, I guess, as a group um, to do better than we did the season before. And that's how we just kept improving. Now, RIT is a relatively new D1 hockey program. What's it like being a part of a developing program, and where do you see the program in the next three to four years? Um, it's hard to be a part of a developing program, but it's also very rewarding um, when you see players um, that come at RIT and get good jobs or that continue playing hockey, or even you see the team getting better um, after you leave. Um, but... I think that in three to four years, um, I think that this program is gonna it's gonna change. I think that this program is heading in the right direction. Um, Celeste Brown is an incredible leader, and um, I think that she has what it, what it takes to um, change this program. Yeah, no, I think the program's going in the right direction as well. They have a lot of great leaders in the locker room. They have also have a lot of good recruits in the coaching staff. I really like a lot. And I think you had a great impact on the team as well from your leadership, from your skill set. I think it really helped the program develop in the right direction. So hopefully it gets better in the next three to four years, and I can definitely see that. Now, you played your final collegiate game against Penn State. Uh, what emotions were you feeling after that loss, and what was it like playing your final college hockey game? Um. It was emotional. Um, I didn't really, like, I thought about playing hockey um, after college, but, like, it wasn't, like, for sure I wanted to. Um, so I was assuming that that was going to be my last game ever um, playing competitively. Um, it wasn't, but at the time it felt like, you know, it was the end of the world. Um, but at the same time, like, I'm glad that the girls who were beside my side in my senior class stood beside me and I'm glad that we shared that experience together. Um, but 
yeah, I was sick of losing. I'm sick of losing to Penn State. If I could go back, I would love to play Penn State again. Definitely, definitely. And looking back at your four years with the RIT, was there anything that could have been done to get over the hump and win a CHA championship? Um, I don't know. I just felt like whenever we got there, there was like a brick wall, um, which is kind of crazy because the team was, you know, they did back-to-back CHAs. They had a great group, great talent. But overall, I think that what they had, they worked so hard. They just outworked everyone. Um, and I think that sometimes maybe we, I wouldn't say that we weren't working hard, but like we should have worked harder. Now, what was your favorite memory with RIT in your time there? Um, I don't know. I loved every time that we beat Syracuse. Um, um, probably when we beat BU. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we, we didn't really win too many at a conference games. Um, and that was a really, we played, we, on the night before, like we lost, we, we played pretty well, we played average. Right. And then, you know, that was the time that we really showed character. Like we turned around and won the next day. Um, but yeah. Now I want to ask you a question about some of the teammates you got with play. You got to play with one of those teammates was Abby Davies. What was she like as a teammate? Because I feel like you two are very similar players offensively, and she's really developed into a good, another versatile forward as well during your college career. Yeah, Abby, she's great. She has a really bubbly personality. Loves to have fun. Um, that's someone who, like, I see that just brings the best out of everyone. Like, just her positivity and her attitude. Um, and the way she works hard at practice. Um, yeah, she's an overall great person, great leader. And you also got to play with Kendall Corneen. Uh What was she like as a teammate, both on and off the ice? And talk about the leadership she brought to your team every single day. Um, she, she's awesome. Um, Kendall's one of my closest friends now. Um, we play together on the riv- Riveters. Um, every day she came to the rink um, at RIT, ready to work. Um, she led by example. Um, and that's kind of, you know, the leader that we needed was someone that always pushed the extra mile. And that's what you got from Kendall. And when times were going bad, you could always rely on Kendall to put the puck in the back of the net. Um, and yeah, she's, she's a great leader, a great person. She's, she's very funny. And um, I'm glad that I got to share my college and my pro experience with her. Did the comfort level help uh, having a teammate from college going into pro? Did that help your comfort level? And what's it like uh, playing with a college teammate in pro? Um, it's great because yeah, um, yeah, it definitely helped like comfort level. It's nice to have a friend on the team. Um, but I also live with her, so that's also, um, fun too. Um, but I mean, we've played pretty much every single game together, um, in pro. Um, so it's nice to see that, you know, in college, we got to play together like a few times, but it's nice that we now, you know, in pro we have chemistry and we love playing together. Uh, we're now in the non-hockey segment of the podcast where I ask you some non-hockey questions. My first one is, who was the funniest teammate you ever played with at RIT? Uh, there was a lot of funny people. Um, I would have to say probably Catherine Kennedy or Britt Goot. Um, they're both really funny. Now, who has the best style at RIT during your time there besides yourself? Besides myself? Um... That's a hard question. Hmm. 
I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, we had, we all like had the same pretty much. They made us look like very uniform. So, um, I don't know. And everyone taped their socks. It's like a pet peeve of mine. I like when people tape their socks and at RIT, most people tape their socks. So. Uh, all right. Well, I'll go with you then for that answer. Now, if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? Um, it changes all the time. I get asked this question and it always changes. But um, when I was in college, I always thought Terry Fox because, you know, he was such a trailblazer in our country and did so much for people um, with uh, running across the country and fundraising so much money. But probably my other... I'm, I love Lady Gaga, so probably her. She's like my idol. Nice. Would you ask her about any song she's made and what the story is behind that song? Yeah. What probably. song would that be? Um, I don't know. I mean, Poker Face was kind of a weird song. I mean, this is like aging. <laughs> this is like an old song. I'm like wondering why she, um, but she's just so like unique and entertaining. Yeah, definitely a great singer. I would probably choose Tom Brady just because of all the adversity he oh, went yeah, through true. during his NFL and college uh, football career. And it would be cool to get some inspiration from him. Now, what was your favorite class you ever took at RIT? Hmm. I don't know. Um, I took a lot of great classes, maybe graphic design. Um, it was fun, interesting, hands-on. But I also took some exercise science classes, which I also loved because um, they were kind of like gym class. But <laughs> Nice, nice. Um, and I took golf for my oh, senior. Oh, that's fun. Um, so, I, yeah, you know what? Golf is definitely going to be my favorite. Definitely, definitely. What was that like and what's your handicap and do you still play today? <laughs> my handicap isn't great. Yeah, I just play for fun. Um, but, yeah, so my senior year I took golf with a few of our teammates. Um and just because we want to improve our game and like it's basically a golf lesson twice a week um and it 100 percent helped my game like i learned techniques like i every day you go in and you get your putter out and you would putt for warm up and then you would then you would use your wedge and you'd work through all your clubs to warm up um before that i was just like using my driver like i would walk up to the tee and just use my driver you know there was no warm-up for me going to the range was non-existent um, and it was with my teammates. So it was so much fun. Was there any test for that class? Like how they grade you? No, it was fast. <laughs> fail. Oh, all right. So no, my golf game is pretty bad. Uh, well, I shouldn't say it's bad. It's okay. I need to improve my putting. Like I have the yips, like I keep missing the hole every time I get towards the putting green. Yeah. So that's something I need to improve on, but driving, I'm fine. I think that's my strong suit. Now, back to some hockey questions now. My first one is, uh, what should be done to help grow women's hockey, especially since you're in the NWHL? Um, I just think that um, exposure, but I think that, like, just like everyone's supporting everyone, I think that the, the interesting thing about the women's game is that no matter what team you play on or what team you played on growing up or – you know, wherever you are in your career, everyone just supports everyone. And I think that's what's unique about the women's game. Definitely, definitely. And obviously, I think supporting the youth level as well and trying to improve that because I think if the youth level improves, the game itself improves as well. But also yeah. exposure. I think that's mm -hmm. something I've heard a lot from players is that's a key yeah. factor of growing the game. I feel like a lot of women, like, there's a lot of, um, I mean, we always promote, you know, youth to join and we you know, we volunteer at clinics and, um, but they also need the opportunity too. 
Um, you know, sometimes they don't always offer all girl, girl clinics back in the day and now they do. Um, so it's great. And I think that, you know, it's our league and these other women's leagues that have to step in and help develop the younger girls and, um, they develop their passion from our passion and that's, what's going to develop the game. Yeah, definitely. I think another thing that I think most people don't talk about is the cost of hockey. Hockey's probably the most expensive sport in yeah. all of the four major sports here in North America. And I think there should be ways to help lower the cost for lower income families to help get them the opportunity to play. Because yeah. I think everyone deserves the chance to play. And I think that'll help uh, grow the sport and make it more diverse as well, which I think is important. Yeah. Now, what should I do better as an interviewer to improve and make this podcast better? Um, I don't know. I think you did a good job. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, if there's any improvements uh, I need to make, just let me know. I'm always trying to improve my interviewing skills because sometimes I struggle with that. No, they're good. Awesome. Well, is there any shout outs you'd like to give to your teammates, friends, or family members before we let you go? Uh, no, I'm good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Mallory. I really appreciate it. I wish you nothing but the best moving forward. You're a great person, and I just wanted to let you know that. Thank you. I just wanted to say thank you again to Mallory for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. It really means a lot to me, and I can't thank her enough for coming on. Like I said, I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this podcast. I really appreciate it so much. Um, make sure to follow our social media accounts. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. This entire interview will be on our YouTube channel as well. So I really appreciate the love and support. It means a lot to me. I'll see you guys tomorrow with another great episode. But until then, take care, everyone, and have a great day. Bye. One step forward and another back. I will never try to fool you. I'm one heartbeat away from going mad. Girl, when you're looking like that. Get closer to you, yeah Got me, baby Got me hooked on you once again Me. Yeah.